0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes, and I thank you for listening to the podcast. Since it became clear that the Bulls were going in another direction, we had heard you know, all the rumors, and at the end of this season, there's going to be changes. I think that we were predisposed to not believing that those changes were going to be made. Because we're not used to seeing it. We're not used to seeing the Bulls look like a team that is doing everything that they can aggressively to be one of the better teams in the NBA. I was thinking about how, for the first time in a really long time, and I don't want to say 2003, that's easy, maybe since 2014, 2015 you have the bulls having that new team smell it's a weird thing that happens with hope man and it's not that hard to to try and build hope amongst your fans I thought about earlier this year Terrence Tomlin who covers the bulls for it's the bigs he and and Eugene McIntosh do a really they do really cool stuff, so you need to follow them. But they sent out a video of the upper deck, of the 500 level, at the United Center. And it was pretty much empty. And I remember when the video went out, there were people like, oh, well, this has to be pre-game. And it wasn't. It was during the game that you saw a lot of empty seats, and not people that are at the concourse. You would think it was a preseason game that no one wanted to come to, or it was two hours before the game instead of while the game was going on. I had a conversation with Ricky O'Donnell of SB Nation, and he gave a lot of credit to Bulls fans for this change. And I think that while he meant it a little bit tongue-in-cheek, he was pretty serious about it. I do think that there's while we shouldn't be celebrating people losing their jobs. I think that's harsh, but I do think that Bulls fans affected change inside the organization. And I don't know if I ever thought that sports always feels too big now for fans to really be able to make a difference. And with Bulls fans in particular, it's felt like for the last five years for sure that nothing was ever going to change. And what we kept hearing, we, we, we kept hearing people pontificating that the big reason that things are not going to change is because there was still money coming in the NBA until we got to COVID-19 is doing really well. They had, negotiated these crazy television deals that just have them flush with money and you're seeing the contracts go up and up and up and you're seeing guys sign $220 million contracts and all these things. And you're sitting there going, if people are still going through the turnstiles, then there can't be change. And with sports now, where sports are right now, TV contracts are the the straw that stirs the drink. That's where all of these leagues make their money. They make it through the television contracts. The the in in the arena, in the stadium, money, it still means something. It's not a, a zero. Owners still want people to come and watch their product. But these these franchises and leagues are getting paid by ESPN and CBS and Turner and Fox and their deals overseas. And with the NBA, they've had a big issue with China over the last year. So it makes it like the fan is, is a lesser part of this. And it would be easy for ownership to ignore that. There is anger amongst the fan base, a tremendous amount of anger from Bulls fans that, not just not just like me. I've been thinking about that too. I'm old, I'm 44. For, from a fans perspective. I'm old. I do I remember I remember being a teenager when the Bulls won their first 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 three championships. That was sophomore, junior, senior year of high school for me. Very impressionable time in my life. I remember being connected to it. I remember we had a graduation party at Ashley Dutchesswa's house. I know I just name dropped the hell out of that. That's right. I was at the Dutchesswa house. We had a graduation party at Ashley Dutchesswa's house. And I remember watching the Bulls. Making sure that I was in front of a television. Because I didn't want to miss a second of them finishing the three P so I'm one of these old school Bulls fans why I wouldn't say I'm not technically old school like I don't go back to butter and Red Kerr like I don't go back all that way but for the group of fans that remembers Michael Jordan and what Michael Jordan was like this has been rough we remember John Paxson as a player and John Paxson was a solid player that New as Rollins, shut his mouth, as the Rock would say. He was a really important part of championship teams. It's hard to separate that early on in his tenure, and I think a lot of people thought because there was success with him as a broadcaster that it would translate into him being the general manager of the team. Some of you may not even remember that there was a there was a battle for the cow back then between John Paxson and BJ Armstrong. And I don't know if those guys have patched it up since 17 years later, even though they had to work together because BJ represented Derrick Rose. I don't know if they have fixed their issue. BJ thought that he should have the job and Pax thought that he should have the job. And there were a lot of people just kind of going, huh? But my point is, is, is that I'm one of those fans that does remember it to a lot of younger fans. Michael Jordan is a myth. And that myth-making is going to get a, a reboot this weekend when, when The the Last Dance comes out on ESPN. People are going to get to see what it was like. But I kept thinking about younger fan, Like, let's say that your fan brain cuts on, let's say at eight or nine, your fan brain cuts on. Think about that person who... Was eight years old in 2003. He's 25 now. And what Bulls teams they saw, they saw Derrick Rose. They saw Derrick Rose win an MVP. That was exciting. They saw some really tough Bulls teams that were always going to run into LeBron. And then that was going to be that. And then after that, there's just a drop off, there's a lack of competition. There's a lack of imagination in the front office. And those fans are holding on to, well, maybe they'll get lucky like they did with the 1.8% chance of getting Derrick Rose. And they don't get lucky. Like that luck has run out. You keep seeing them. They're in the seventh spot in the draft. They're in the lottery again and again and again. And they're getting players that are okay. There's nothing wrong with the guys that they've drafted, but none of those players is going to, To change things. And it felt like they kept expecting those players to turn into great players. And there's a line from Common. It doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. I'm not saying that it never happens where someone turns themselves into a star. Like Pascal Siakam, if you look at him in Toronto. I don't know if anyone projected him to be as good of a player as he is right now. But with any of the guys that the Bulls have had, you never have felt it. You've never felt like, ah, the, ah. we've tried to convince ourselves that that's Laurie Markkinen. It's not. And he may end up being a solid player, even a good player. But I think the days of thinking that he's going to be a superstar, even as young as he is, I think we've seen too much from a lack of aggre- aggression and an injury standpoint to believe that he's going to be special. We've seen special moments from Zach Levine. I still don't think that he's good enough, and the record would indicate he's not good enough to be the lead dog. I think that he could be a, a very good – I actually have now bumped him up because I thought third player on the championship team. I actually think he could be a second player on the championship team. Also, congratulations to him. He got engaged today. Tricked his girlfriend with, like, a photo shoot. It's pretty good. You should go look, look it for it on his Instagram. But fans were kind of left in this lurch to believe there's nothing you can do. Nothing that you do is going to change the mind of Michael and Jerry Reinsdorf. They're going to stick with this until forever. And the more I was listening to Ricky talk about it, the more it made sense. As upsetting to people over at the Bulls, the all-star festivities were when on first take on ESPN's biggest show, you had fans chanting to get rid of the Bulls' leadership. And here's the thing. That was should have been a happy time for the Bulls as an organization with them hosting a an all-star game for the first time in, what, 36 years or whatever it is? 30, 32 years? And it wasn't. It, it made – I thought at the time it made an impact – that that happened live on television on ESPN's most important non-game show. The games are more important than anything that they put on during the day, but outside of that, first take is more important than Sports Center. And to have Stephen A. Smith trying to act as a so a pacifier for the crowd, that was a bad look for the Bulls as a franchise. So I I was one of those people who did believe that it's, it's hard for fans to really have an impact on a franchise. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that it seems to have played a role in, in this change. And I would say keep the pressure on. I'm excited about Arturis Karnashovas as much as you are. But... There needs to be results, and those results need to happen pretty quickly. Not next year, but in the in the season after that, when the Bulls have a lot of cap space, what's their approach? Can they team build? How are we going to see things be different? Are we now going to see a scouting department that is given the, the type of um, resources that they need to succeed? Fresh eyes are now upon this franchise and now it's got that new car smell again congratulations to you the fan on making a difference in voicing your displeasure and affecting change you should take it as a victory Ricky's right the changes that you see happening with the Bulls you played a big role in it thanks for listening